Parisi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and lax rats alike, welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, March 5th. I'm Jordy from Barstool with us. As always, we've got Shido on the mics, and it's been probably one of the more chaotic weeks in lacrosse that we've had in quite some time between some big college games as well as some big trades going down in the PLL. So, Jake, how are we feeling this week? I mean, I'm sitting here. I got my my protein in my shaker bottle. Um, you know, just making my gains. Uh, sitting back, thinking about how big the week was for the sport. It's pretty good. There were uh, a lot of lot of headlines to be had. Uh, so I I don't really know who had the biggest headline of them all. Um, I'd imagine that the PLL was probably stealing some of the the biggest headlines so far of the weekend. Uh, but I think the one headline that everyone should have uh, on their mind right now. Did Georgetown finally have their worst game of the season? Uh, The Hoyas coming out to start the year on fire. They had a huge 16 to one win over Villanova. Uh, They followed that up with a, uh, I believe it was 19 to one over St. John's. And just this past week uh, on Tuesday, Georgetown comes out and they let Mount St. Mary's score five. They only win a game by 12 goals, 17 to five. Are you kidding me? Is Georgetown done? Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be disappointed in the way that Georgetown came it came out and let up five goals. You really gotta be, you gotta be super upset about it. Um, I, I really don't know how much further we can take this joke, um, <laughs> but Georgetown is absolutely on a tear. Um, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at their um, their like defensive stats, and they're, I mean they're they're not really uploaded, but like they're just. Uh, I talked with some guys who I know who like know a couple guys on the Georgetown team, and they say just the defense is absolutely disgusting. That there's you know individually they match up really 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 well, and I mean it doesn't hurt that you have um, Jake Caraway with 23 points already on the, and Nikki Petrovic right behind him with, you know, a solid 10 that, uh, right behind him. So, I mean, Georgetown, absolutely on a chair, on a tear there, but I mean, you know, the story is they're also shooting really, really well. Uh, they're shooting 60%. So, you know, shots on goal, 60%. That's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, this is a team like, don't forget that they were six and zero last year before mm-hmm. coronavirus came in and, and shut everything down. And, and I mean, it, it's not like Georgetown is like coming out here and playing these powerhouse teams and just like racking up wins against top 10 opponents. Like, uh, you know, just, just looking back on it right now, their wins in 2020 before the season ended were, you know, Lafayette, UMBC, Fairfield, Mount St. Mary's, Bellarmine, uh, Towson. So, you know, it's not like, it, like they're they're still going to have to prove eventually that you know they're not just racking up wins against trash opponents but the way that they're doing it like it, it this isn't like a like a Georgetown is just squeaking by cuz they have a little bit more talent than Bellarmine like these guys are kicking the shit out of everybody that they're going up against um and you know obviously you know, the, the way that that defense has, I mean, only allowing seven goals combined for the first three games, um, absolutely insane. So Georgetown right now, they fully deserve to be in their top 10 spot where they're at. 
yeah, they're an absolute wagon. You know, uh, on paper, they're looking really good. Um, obviously, as everything happens in lacrosse, yeah, and I mean, it's across any sport, right? It's like, okay, cool, they're playing great, but we also have to see how they how they do against, you know, a, a little bit of a tougher schedule. So we'll see how it goes going forward. I mean, I'm pretty confident that, you know, they'll at least keep pace. Um, you know, you can't, you know, it's, you can't keep it up forever, which is not like it's – it's not a pessimistic view. And if anybody, you know, thinks that I'm just being like a Debbie Downer, then fuck off. It's more like just being a little bit of a realist there. Like, I mean, you know, your defense is going to get tired. You're going to, you know, your goalie may not come out hot, you know, shit happens. Right. So, um, you know, speaking of shit happening, uh, Maryland just cruising past Penn state, Penn state, not, (laughs) I mean, okay. You can look at it this way. Maryland and Rutgers are really good. Or does Penn State just absolutely stick? I'm going to go a little bit of a combination of the two, obviously. Um, I'm going to lean a little more heavily, though, towards Maryland and Rutgers just being insanely loaded. Um, You know, I I think that Penn State is a team that, you know, they'll, uh, you know, who who else is it? I don't think that they played Michigan yet. Have that? No, um, they've just played these two teams. Um, so you know, like they'll get a win over Michigan. Uh, yeah, I mean, this up, Michigan. Yeah, this upcoming weekend against Ohio State could be a good like because we saw Ohio State look great against uh, against Hopkins to start off the season, but then that wagon of a Rutgers team just spanked them around uh, this past weekend. So I I think that Maryland though. This team again, just pretty much what you would expect. Like it, it's not like there's anything new about this Maryland team, um, but I mean, when you've got you know, with Logan Wisnowskis, it was was all over the place in that game. Um, I, I gotta I gotta pump the tires of my uh, my guy Kyle Long from Springfield High in Delco. Uh, just unloading a bunch of assists in that game. So, you know, Penn State's defense was suspect. And, you know, when when you have Mac O'Keefe trying to find his groove, you have the rest of the offense trying to find your groove. Like, at, at some point, you need the defense to, like, step in and kind of let those guys figure out their game. They weren't able to do that against Rutgers, and they weren't able to do that against Maryland. Um, so that was that was a good one for us. We called that. Yeah, we we did. Yeah, we did call that. Kudos to us. Uh, humble as ever. Um, I, I mean, yeah. On one hand, you have to say like, when was the last time that you consciously? Um, I don't even know what word I'm trying to say. When was the last time you could say like, ah, Maryland's having a bad year, right? It's probably been five or six years where where Maryland has been just extremely an extremely complete complete and competitive program. You know, you. you that Maryland team was scary looking. They were just, they were so, you know, everything that they did, you know, the ride was great. They played great in between the whistles. It's just, it's your classic Maryland team, right? Like that's what you come to expect. So, you know, I think, I just think that, you know, I don't think that there's ever been to Penn state's credit. I don't think I've ever seen a team. I don't want to say fall apart because that's really harsh, but I don't want, I don't think I've ever seen a team perform uh at such a subpar level without just one guy you know and i think that's the i think that's the tough thing and it's not really one guy right he's not going to be there forever right penn state looks sloppy themselves 
you know, in that game, you know, they, 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 you know, not everything was clicking and whatnot, but like, I, I need to see a few more games before I can decide Penn state stinks because the first two, I mean, they played absolute wagons. Yeah. And, and there were some moments in that uh, Maryland game where Penn state, you know, they, they kind of went on a bit of a, like, like a tiny run. They went for like a, a maybe like a 5k. They went for a quick 5k and they were able to kind of keep pace with Maryland, like a little bit towards, I want to say it was like the end of the third, maybe beginning of the fourth. I don't know. I, I forget exactly when it was, but there was a point where it was kind of looking like it could shape up to be a game. And then in the end, like Maryland just, they were like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah, we still have so much gas left in the tank. Let us just pump it full throttle real quick. And then they were able to pull away. Um, but yeah, we, we alluded to it earlier the Rutgers, what a what a start to the season they've been having. So big win over Penn State to get the year going. And then uh, you know, we we were heading into last weekend and we were talking about okay, whose win was better? Rutgers over Penn State or Ohio State over Hopkins? Like, and this is gonna be a big show me game between Rutgers and Ohio State. Well, turns out that Rutgers came out and they hung twenty-two on Ohio State. Um, you know, Connor Curse four goals in that game. Uh, Charlon Beatty's, I, I, I think I actually just said his last name, right? I think right you there. did on the first try too. That's, on, that's on, impressive. On the first to try. I was, I was, I was about to say at some point by the end of the season, I'm going to learn how to say that last name without fucking it up. I think I might have just nailed it right there. So I'm not going to keep going and try to say it again. Uh, but he had like five and one. Um, and like, you'll, you'll see like, this is, kind of the way that the season will be where like there are just so many teams that are going to have guys who have that extra level of maturity just being there one year longer like I, I think you know having Kurt well Charlon Beatties is there multiple years longer I, I believe uh you, you said his birth certificate he's 34 um but having you know guys like Hurst and Charlon Beatties and, and all these older guys leading the way um with the new landscape of college across with so many guys being able to take those extra years. I like, I think we'll start to see more teams uh, just prove, you know, how consistently dominant they can be when they have guys who have all that experience. Yeah. I think this also, um, I mean, this also opens a lot of avenues to, to argue, you know, that the, the whole eligibility scheme is kind of fucked up. Um, and I'm sure we could parade against, you know, the NCAA at all times, but, you know, uh, these guys, you know, these guys like Connor Kirst, you know, they're coming from like all-star, absolute all-star careers and then tacking on a fifth year, you know, Connor Kirst is kind of the equivalent of, you know, like Kevin Rogers coming from, you know, a, a great, a great uh, career at Lynchburg coming to play D1 and, and absolutely competing. So, you know, Kirst, I mean, again, Curse is not jumping, you know, not making the jump from D3 to D1, but it's like, you know, he's going to a different team, a different program. Yes, his brother's the goalie on the team, but like still, you know, like it's it's a different team, it's a different program. And, you know, he's been kind of all over and experienced a bunch of things. So he brings these other guys up to their level, um, up to his level, especially with Sherilyn Beatty's there. So, um, I mean, Ohio State, like, you know, they, they put up a decent fight. You know, Trey LeClaire had a hat trick and, and Griffin Hughes had five, but, like, it just – it wasn't enough. I mean, Rutgers, <laughs> Rutgers really poured it on, um, as they should. You know, they, they're, I think they're out there trying to make a statement, um, you know, like, stop talking shit about us type thing. 
because um, we're, you know, I think every year we've kind of been like, ah, Rutgers, maybe, you know, like I'm sure you've like hung, hung your hat on Rutgers a couple times and we've been on here and just trashed them. So, you know, kudos to Rutgers for listening to the pod and uh, proving the boys wrong. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, one guy who's feeling, feeling himself heavily this year is uh, our, our, our good pal Jules Hennenberg has just been reveling on For social sure. media this season. And as he should be, because that Rutgers team, they are now, I, th- I think that they were on wagon watch and now I'm going to up that to wagon alert. Okay. Uh, so then do we, you know, continuing on, do we have to, uh, do we have to retract our fire desco? Uh, after Cuse absolutely just demolished UVA? Well, I'm starting to think that this is exactly what the Fire Desco movement does. I, I don't <laughs> know necessarily if the Syracuse alumni want Desco out. I think what they do is the moment that they're hit with any shred of adversity, they go for the Fire Desco movement because then they know that Cuse is just going to pour it on after to save big John's job. Um, yeah. What, what a performance, what a, what a rebound from, from Cuse um, and, and, a, and a nice rebound for our boys, Drake Porter and Jake Fopp. I mean, Jake Fopp actually played well. They, they did him so wrong though. I think Deemer class posted like, you know, he always, he always grabs the highlights. Like he grabbed like a really, really good rep and <laughs> It's just it's Fop getting just absolutely like he's like falling backwards and the I think it's like Jared Connors is like putting his fucking stick like right into Fop's helmet and just driving him to the ground. And it just it looks like Fop's having a bad time. UVA goes down there and scores or whatever, but like Fop just gets absolutely demolished in the clip. And I was like, Deemer, you're doing you're doing my man Jake all wrong like that. But I mean Jake said it himself. He's a terrible lacrosse player, right? <laughs> He'll, he'll, he'll be, I'll never he'll get be, over that. He'll he'll be the first to tell you, not great at lacrosse, but boy can that guy clamp standing neutral grip clamp, up and out, going forward. See you later. Um, but yeah, I mean what what we saw the first game out of Cuse, uh, you know where Albany was able to you know give that midfield some fits and really fo- like make Syracuse beat Army with their attack, which they weren't able to do. Um, Virginia, unfortunately, they weren't able to follow that game plan. Syracuse's midfielders, as expected, had themselves a day. Uh, all those guys having multiple goals. Owen Hiltz, freshman, right? Is, is, he, is he a freshman or is he a redshirt? I was about to say, I wonder if he's a redshirt. I think I heard Paul uh, on the call saying he's a redshirt, but let me, I got it right here. He is. He's a freshman. Okay. okay. But yeah, I mean, th- three and two for him. Uh, so, like, that, that's, that's the guy who I would imagine that Cuse really wants to get going. I think that, you know, if, if you follow enough people, uh, you know, Syracuse fans on Twitter, they'll, they'll let you know that Owen Hiltz is, is the next one. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's all those guy. Canadians, all those yeah. Canadians love him because he's from Ontario. Bagged milk drinking weirdos. So I mean, he has uh, no shortage of of fans who are pumping his tires, and you know this this pretty pretty solid breakout game for him. Three and two against uh, Virginia. Virginia, they were able to uh, bounce back from that. They had a, a game against High Point 
midweek. And High Point did exactly what they've just, been doing this this I don't whole get it. season, where they will go for stretches where they look pretty fucking terrible, and and it's like, you know, you're you're watching the game and you're like, oh shit, like you know, High Point they had those couple of years, you know, the the year where they beat Virginia and Duke in the same February. And there was some excitement around the program. And then they go for like 10 minutes and you're like, ah, shit, it's over for them. Like that, you know, the program's never going to take that jump. And then just as you're starting to think that they're dead, all of a sudden they go on, on a six, nothing run. Um, so like high point might be the streakiest team in the nation right now. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately they came up just one goal too short after, you know, scoring right at the buzzer there at the, at the final whistle. I just – I don't get it, man. Like, what is the thing that's going to take High Point to the next level? Because that's a school that, I mean, they've shown they can compete with any team, you know. So, it's like what's going to take them to the next level? What's going to push push them to be Rutgers, right? You know, like what – you know, Rutgers has been on the cusp, but now they're out there crushing teams. Like, what is it going to take for High Point to get over the hump? Now, this may I, be – I, I Okay, because they may be in a good position now with these next couple of classes, recruiting classes like, hey, high points almost there. I want to go there and kick ass and push them over the level. So like maybe it's a recruiting tactic like, hey, we're going to almost beat UVA. And then we'll have have some other guys like, hey, I'm here to help you beat UVA. So like, you know, use it as a recruiting tactic. I don't know. Yeah, my thing is like it's. I think it's hard for a program. Like I, I think high points at the, at the point, no pun intended uh, right now where they can, they can definitely get a lot of guys who they want to get, but it's, it's hard for a program like that to come up with an Asher Nolting like once mm. every few years, like, like yeah. a, a player who is at the top of the game. And what I was going to say, is, like what it's going to take for high point to get to that next level like at some point, I, I think I think Torb ha, like has to sit Asher down a little bit and is like, hey, like kind of take care of this ball a little bit more. Like it, he does so much for the team, but then you know you, you see with how streaky that they play and how you know they can go on a run, but then also give up a run themselves. Like some of those possessions that they lose when Asher's turning the ball over a little bit. Um, uh, definitely some possessions that they would like to have back and not in the stick of guys like Matt Moore um, and, and Bertrand. So like that's a, to take them over the edge this year. Um, Cause I think, you know, once they get into playing, you know, like the VMIs and Richmond and Bellarmine, like I, I think that they will be plenty fine there. So like they will be a tournament team. Um, but when that happens, like that's where you really have to be like, okay, Asher, like you, are a fucking beast, but please, for the love of God, don't get triple teamed. That's true. I, mean, I guess, I guess it does involve like, you know, taking, taking care of the ball, making smarter decisions, you know, more informed decisions and things like that. I, I just, you know, I'm excited for high point. You know, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, they've only been around uh, yeah. what, eight, eight years. Right. So like, and I mean, you know, they, they've, they've got a kick-ass coach. They've got a kick-ass school. Uh, like, good looking facilities, good looking uniforms, like good looking colors. Like that's got to count for something. Um, so it, I mean, it's definitely a, a program that 
should and could get there. Um, but in terms of like this year, like once they get into the tournament, then it's like, hey, listen, let's let's take care of the ball a little bit because we're pretty prone to letting teams go on like a quick 7-1 run. You know who has been taking care of the ball? Tell me. The, the now CAA and Hofstra all-time leading scorer, Ryan Tierney. Uh, Ryan has been putting up uh, how many goals in uh, so I, it's three I, or four games? I, I believe he's at uh, 23 goals in four games right now. 23 through four. That's, that's not bad. Some might even say it's good. I would, uh, I would say it definitely borders on good. Uh, so Ryan picked up uh, the, the honors, um, dusting aside uh, notable, uh, notable Delaware Blue Hen, uh, Curtis Dixon. But uh, congratulations to Ryan. Um, if, you haven't, if you haven't noticed by now in like the podcast description, um, I'm not going to beat around the bush here, but we do have Ryan Tierney coming on today. Uh, he's a wonderful dude. Uh, coach's son, for sure but not in the annoying way. He's a good dude. Um, so look out for that interview. Um, I mean, it's, it's solid. It's a good one. He lives with sneak preview. He lives with 10 guys and just imagine what the kitchen is like. It's fucked. Yeah. I, I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Hofstra's game this weekend, I think that they were supposed to play UMass this weekend. That might have gotten postponed. I believe mm. I, I, I could be wrong about that. Checking right now. Good, uh, good, good radio. Good radio. Yes. So Hofstra UMass is postponed this week. I think oh. if, if I think right now, Ryan, you're, you're probably listening to this episode back um, or at least some of your friends are probably listening to hear you on the podcast. I think you guys should take this weekend that you have off Give give the kitchen a once over. Give it a nice cleaning. Ten ten dudes living in the same house. That place has to be a mess. Um, so take your time off and you know break out the Lysol. Um, but yeah, like like you said, taking care of the ball is an understatement. Um, Hofstra has been on a roll. They lost that opening game in overtime to St. John's, but they followed it up with three straight wins. Um, depending on what poll you're looking at, they are now a top twenty team. And yeah, I mean, when you've got Ryan Tierney putting up, I, I, I think he's, I think he's operating at like over five points a game right now, which is, well, yeah, obviously over five points a game if he has 23 goals and four, um, and then you add in the assist. I'm not a big math guy, but he has been on a roll. Uh, Hofstra looks really good. And the only way that they could possibly look any better is if their uniforms were made out of some pro athletic material. Uh, so pro pro athletics, you guys know them. You guys love them. Uh, our good pal Jerry Raganese and the the rest of the whoever he has running his his shops. It's American made, by the way. That's that's the great thing about pro athletics is when you guys buy a shirt, you're stimulating the economy. Stimulate the economy. Stimulate the lax world. Stimulate us. Um, you're gonna look good. You're gonna feel good. And when that happens, that's the perfect. That right there is the perfect equation to play good. Jake, have you ever worn a pro athletic shirt? You know what? I, I, I do. I, I, I own two, two pro athletic shirts that are currently in my rotation when I'm working out because I'm doing a lot of weights. And, you know, Jordy, when, when, you, when you put on a pro athletic shirt, it's like, it's like you're, you're putting on a shirt that's made of lotion, right? American-made lotion. 
and it just it can it just it, it's so soft and it just works with you the fabrics just all all working with you and you know what the best part is you look good you're not going to look like you're not going to look good at any in anything else other than pro athletics yeah. And, and speaking about stimulating the economy, I know that some people might be hurting right now financially. Um, so if, if I were to buy a pro athletic, like, am, am I breaking the bank? Is there a way that I could possibly save some money while I'm buying some of this? Jordy, I'm so glad you asked, man. So if you go onto the pro athletic site and you're like, man, I'm looking at these shirts, I'm looking at this casual wear, I'm looking at this custom duffel bag, you know, I wish I could get a discount. Well, you got some news for you, my friend. We got you a 10% discount code crease dive all lowercase, boom, stimulating the economy, stimulating your wallet. You can take that money. All right. You can put it back in your wallet. You can go get an extra Starbucks for your wife. You can go do whatever you need to with that extra money. I don't fucking care. Buy some more Bitcoin. You know, it's, it's, it's for everybody. Well, do you want to know what you could do with the money that you save on your pro athletic shirt with the promo code crease dive? Tell me. You could go to Peacock and you can sign yourself up for a month, maybe a two-month subscription from Peacock because the news came out this week that the PLL will be broadcasting their games on Peacock, which is NBC's streaming platform. Um, so I, I have a feel it'll probably be the same thing that it's been over the past few years where uh, a lot of games will be on NBC. Well, not a lot of games, but some games will be on NBC. Uh, could potentially see a few games on USA Network. Uh, I know that NBC has said that they will be shutting down uh, NBC Sports Network. So that channel will be no more at some point. Um, but then the rest of them will be on Peacock. Now, a yeah. lot, lot, lot of people out there, uh, rightfully so, a, a little annoyed at the fact that this is yet another mm-hmm. streaming platform that you have to sign up for. So I know myself, yeah. I've, I've got Hulu. Uh, I, I steal Netflix from my parents, um, Disney plus, uh, Amazon prime. And now you have to add Peacock into the rotation, but like, it's, it's really not that bad when you consider what we were paying before for NBC sports gold. True. True. That was, that was pretty tough. Um, I mean, I think that, I think that the thing that people are just, are, are annoyed with is that we all, you know, a few years ago, we all got lulled into the sense of, Oh, we're going to cut the cord. We're going to say, fuck it to cable. Right. Well, (laughs) Oh no, here comes everybody cutting the cable. And now I'm paying for you. I'm paying for Hulu live. I think I have Fubo as well. I think I paused it, but I have Hulu live. Right. And then I got big 10 plus on accident because I didn't know that you could get college. You're wrong, by the way, big 10, BTN Plus is separate than Big Ten. ACC, ACC Network Plus is, or ACC Network Extra is separate than the ACCN. So, like, you have to have the ESPN package on top of the Hulu to see ACCN. So, like, this is, people are mad because, rightfully so, that it's like, I'm already paying $80 a month, right? That was more than I intended to spend. And now it's another five. It's just like, you know, the first company who will come in and bundle everything into one, everything, the one who, the one guy who just smooths everybody over and cuts that fucking deal. He's going to be a, he's going to be a trillionaire. He's going to be richer than Jeff Bezos. Okay. But here's the thing. So we all like, yeah, cut, cut the cord. Everyone, we all love to save money. 
but here's the thing. We don't love to save money more than these greedy bastards love to make money. So do you think that the cable companies and, and all these networks are just going to like sit by while, you know, what? Uh, like we're, we're all like, we, we thought that we had them on the ropes. We thought that we, we were scheming and we were going to take down the cable companies, but guess what? They caught on. And now, you know, you're, you're not, you're not saving any money now by cutting the cord. Like we, we no, thought not. that we were cutting the cord, the cord cut back. Um, now here's the thing, like what I want people to make a distinction though, you're not mad at the PLL for streaming on Peacock. What, what we're mad about would be the fact that there are just so many streaming uh, services now. So like, like I, I just, I, I don't know if PLL should take the brunt of that as much as it's like, okay, like what the fuck, like, come on Peacock, like just put, put all the NBC shit, like let it be on Hulu, like let it be on wherever. Don't make us get a separate service for this, like just to watch the same episodes of The Office that we always watch and then some lacrosse games in the summer. That's true. I, I mean, it's, again, you know, it's $5. I think that's what it comes down to. And, you it's, know, it's, yeah, four four ninety nine a month. And it gets four ninety nine a month. Yeah, we get you. And, you know, if guys out there, you know, if you haven't employed my strategy yet, let me let me get you in on a little secret. You go into your wife, your girlfriend, your whatever, your significant other. You go into their purse or their wallet, take out their credit card. Uh, you guys have been both working hard during the pandemic. You both deserve it. So get that peacock. All right. Maybe if there's any extras, maybe there's an extra channel or something. It's seven ninety nine. Go ahead and get it. I mean, you deserve it. And um, honestly. Jordy, I'm thinking that I should pitch this for the PLL. I think I'm going to send them a video uh, for the, the how, to, how to get your parents to buy you Peacock or how to, how to get Peacock in your, uh, in your, in your house. So, I, but you'll be able to watch a, good, a, a, a lot of games because they got an extra team now. So, Honestly, the, the, thing, that I'm, the thing that I might do is like there are so many uh, like free, like, uh, free week trials that I've signed up for that I have absolutely forgot yeah. to, uh, to cancel after the week. So like, I'm for sure paying for shit that I don't like, I, I, I remember on, uh, Amazon prime. Like, I, I think I signed up for like the, uh, the, the free week trial of like getting all the comedy central content. Oh, yeah. And I definitely forgot to, uh, cancel that. So like, just go back through all the shit that you thought that you signed up for a, a free trial of, you're probably still paying for it, cancel those. And then you'll have all that money back. Um, Genius. Staying, staying in the PLL two, two more things before we get to our interview with Hofstra's Ryan Tierney, a uh, couple, couple more big trades in the game. Uh, so last week we had Connor Fields going to the archers in exchange for Ian McKay going back to the chaos Monday morning. I, I think that the PLL was a little strategic on, on when they uh, put this news out right when everyone's logging on to the old internet machine after a, a nice weekend off. And it is Paul Rabel heading to heading back to where it all started 13 years ago. He is going back to the cannons uh, along with the six pick in the upcoming entry draft. And in return to the Atlas will be the ninth pick in that entry draft, the eighth pick 
in the college draft, as well as a first round pick in the 2022 college draft. So let me just, let me just stop you right there. That's too many picks. That's too many picks. What, we're, what we're, we're, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going right out of the gate with it. It's too many picks, Jordy. Now. Okay. But here's the thing. So it's, it's a pick swap. So it, so it's not, it's not Rabel for three picks. There is the pick swap there. So cannons jump up to six from nine in the entry draft. And then you get the first round in the college. And so basically they're, they paid an extra two first round picks for Rabel, which I would agree with you still at this point in Rabel's career, too many. It, it's too many. Um, and maybe, you know, listen, I'm not a hater. I'm a realist. Okay. I'm not a hater. I'm a realist. Rabel, brilliant guy, brilliant man, businessman, entrepreneur, uh, incredible athlete. Um, but at this he's point done, in his career. He's, he's done so much for the, for the sport that there would be no shame, not a single ounce of shame, Jordy, if he retired. He would go out as the, the, a, a legend, all right? He would go out as a legend, and nobody would think any less of him if he retired, Okay. And I don't know what exactly the the play is. Maybe he wants to retire as a cannon. Like that's like some serendipitous thing that they did. Like that's that's great. And he wants to retire in a cannon's uniform. I understand that, but you're taking up a roster spot. So you, you have to you have to either expand the number of roster spots. So I think they were holding. I think Asalo told me they were holding like 20 on game day, maybe 19. Some of them even smaller than that, 18 you have to push it to like 24, right? To make it worthwhile for some of these other guys. Like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Paul Rabel is playing in front of me and I'm two years out of college. And you know, uh, you see where I'm going with this? I, I see where you're going with this. I, I don't know. I, I don't, th- I, I think that lacrosse people, like I, I think that we're so quick to talk about how much talent is in there. I don't think that there's quite as much as like, I, I think that Paul Ray is still not, he not elite at all, but I think that he's still a guy who can get out there and help your team. Like, I, so I don't think that no, he's he, ta- he definitely can I, help your team. Right. I, but, 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 but what I'm saying, like, I don't think that he's taking us like, I don't think that there's, I don't think that he'd be taking a spot from anybody. I, I think like if I think that he would, if he were to retire, it would free up a spot for someone else to, to step in and show what they can do. But I don't know if there are enough guys in professional lacrosse right now to where it's like, well, no, like this guy deserves a spot over Rabel. I, I totally see that. But at the same time, I, I don't think that. So like if, so Yes. So it, the way the game is structured right now, the quickness of the game on the shorter field, the, the, the shot clock, that's not conducive to a guy in his 30s running up and down the field, right? Like Rabel doesn't play defense. He, ta- he goes in and he plays 50 seconds at a time, right? Uh, there are enough guys out there, your Charlie Bertrands, um, your Connor Curse, some of these guys who play two-way midfield, that it would be much more advantageous for that, for a coach to say, hey, I would like probably one of these younger guys who, who can play both ways or uh, is more suited to how the game is specifically in the PLL to play over, over Rabel. 
and and maybe and maybe maybe my argument's counter counterintuitive because if you do have if you do expand the roster, then it's not really a big of a deal if you have Rabel on there. So maybe that is counterintuitive. I I think. All right, so a couple things there. One, I I think that now with the like the cannons, that'll be Lyle's team. Lyle will be that first pick. That'll be Lyle's team. So and and like they're gonna get a ton of talent on that team right away. So that'll take a little bit less responsibility away from Paul. Like he he won't have to be like the team manager, coach, player. Like every he won't have to wear every single hat with them. So you know, and, and he'll go out there and, and he'll be able to contribute, not at the level that, you know, Paul Rabel contributed with the cannons before. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just think, I think you get one more good year out of him. And now for, for me to be a realist here, and, and I think that this is something that everyone really needs to, to think the sport of lacrosse is not big enough yet to move on from Rabel. What you're saying that the, like, we're like, we are, we're like holding on, like the, the, the where everyone's holding on to Rabel. Cause I, I think, I think Rabel thinks everybody's holding on to him. I not, that I would tell hold, him this, not that we're holding on to him, but I, there is an aspect of professional sports that is uh-huh. entertainment. And I think that you, you can build a storyline a last dance type of thing around mm-hmm. Rabel going back to the cannons for this upcoming sum. I don't think that the PLL has been around long enough to sure. where, so, okay. so I think like you can build that storyline this year. And then after that, like, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how many new lacrosse people were able to get a chance to tune in to only two weeks of PLL this past summer because of the pandemic. So I think, okay. So, so you, like I'm that, following. Yeah, that, I'm following. Sto- I'm following. That story that's there, as well as being like, "Hey, here is, uh, here's Paul, like the last dance, Paul Rabel and the Cannons, as mm-hmm. well as here's the best lacrosse player in the world with Lyle Thompson, also on that team. Now, right away, you can market yeah, that team on. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. I see, so, I, I see what I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's kind I'm, of I'm not I'm not saying like if if Rabel were to just like disappear, the game would as well, but I think if you're going to build a little bit more story into this super super young league, it's advantageous to have Rabel on the cannons. But I don't think so I I think that it's the right move to send him there, but circling back to the beginning of this still should not have gone with that many picks in return. That part doesn't make sense. And that part yeah, wasn't necessary either as a part. No, of the that story. wasn't necessary. No, it, that shouldn't have been part of the story or anything. And, and, you know, I, I, I one of the other things we'll touch on, and I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that that's probably a, a good, like a good summation of probably what's going on. It creates a good story. It's a last dance type deal. Lyle will be there. So like, there's a lot of buzz you can stretch. Out. I mean, in Paul a content Rabel, way, you Paul can Rabel, stretch that content out. Paul Rabel is a na- like a name that the lacrosse world we've heard so much for so long. Yep. I I don't blame anybody in the lacrosse world for having Rabel fatigue. If you've been a lacrosse yeah, fan don't your whole life, you like we should have a little bit of Rabel fatigue. People outside of the lacrosse world, they know the name Paul Rabel. They they might not know as many other guys. 
So if sure. you're trying to bring in a new audience, gotta have them there. Gotta yeah. have like that. that, that that's all. I, that's all I meant. I like I again, not that lacrosse is being like, no, Paul, don't leave us. Like we we need you, but the new people are like, hey, I know that guy. It's it's um, advantageous. It's advantageous. You know, uh, now I, I, I get that. Fi- final thing here, I I will say that the. When you look at the trade, then that the the Water Dogs did for Ryan Brown, yeah, really what the makes, fuck? Really makes really makes the Rabel trade look a, a little more wild. Um, so Ryan Brown heading to the Water Dogs in exchange for the eleventh overall pick in the college draft. So the I mean the Atlas they have pick number one, uh, and now they have eight in the college draft this year as as well as eleven. Um, I feel like there's one other pick in there as well. Um, now, I would like to retract something. I, I think last week I said something about um, like what the fuck were the water dogs thinking when Connor Fields was made available and then a trade for, yeah, I was like, why wouldn't Andy Copeland go out and get Connor Fields? Well, t- maybe maybe it turns out that Ryan Brown, that deal was already in the works, which would make perfect sense why you would not have to add Connor Fields to that attack. Cause if you get to add the slickest shooter in the game, Ryan Brown, then yeah, you go with that 10 times out of 10. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, but, but you put the, you put the Brown trades, uh, you put the Brown trade next to the Rabel trade and it just, it's apples and oranges. Right. But um, I mean, so my, my take for the, for the Atlas is Rubior, Ben Rubior. 1000 IQ. Okay. Because he either says at the end of the season, let's say they lose every single game. Well, you know, we're in a rebuilding phase, right? I traded away all my guys. We're in a rebuilding phase. Got a lot of young talent. It's promising. Or his gamble pays off. He secures some of the slickest talent that's out there and they crush. Then he's a genius. So 1000 IQ play from Ben Rubior. I'm on to you, dog. Uh, you're a dog. Like I can't, I mean, there's nothing else to be said. That's a, that's a, that's a goat move right there. My only issue is that we might have to get Ben Rubio a little bit of help because it seems like he has a bit of a trade addiction right now. He is, uh, <laughs> like th- this man's going to be fiending over the next couple of weeks. Like when he realizes like, Oh shit, I don't have any more guys to trade. Like I got, he's in the fantasy. Yeah, he's on the when he plays fantasy football, he's just always on the waiver wire, just cycling out his guys. He just, yeah. he, he, he can't nobody. It's uh it's next man up. You know, he, he doesn't want familiar faces. He just, you know, he's, he's all about production, right? Yeah. If, if he knows your birthday, you are, uh, you're on your way Close. out. Yeah. You're on your way out. So, but yeah. So, I mean, busy week, busy week. And, uh, yeah, I think peel out a peacock, get mad at the streaming services, not the league. Uh, and yeah, I, I think, uh, that that should about do it for our week recap. So it only makes sense now to get to the point of the show where we get to talk to one of the biggest dogs in college across right now. It is Ryan Tierney from Hofstra university. All right. And joining us now, we have the newly crowned Hofstra career goals record holder, as well as the CAA all-time leader in career points from Hofstra University. We've got Ryan Tierney on the line. Ryan, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And um, right off the bat, I'll I'll just give you the floor to kind of apologize to any goalies who you might be causing a a world of hurt for this year. 
<laughs> uh, just wanted to say thank you for, for having me, you guys. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, huge moment for, for you as well as the entire team this past week. Uh, game against Wagner, you guys pick up a big win, uh, third win of the season. But along with that win, you, uh, you get yourself in the record book a couple of times there. So, um, you know, just how's this season been feeling for you so far? Like you, you've been lighting it up on the stat sheet for sure. Uh, but how does this season feel for you so far? And how does it feel to, you know, have the pride? It looks like you guys are, are clicking pretty well early on here. Yeah. Uh, the team is great. Uh, we got a bunch of transfers, uh, the kid Alex Kincannon, Justin Linsky that are, are stepped up huge coming into a new program. Um, and then everyone's just kind of kind of grinding behind them. So it's awesome to see their, their support for the team. That's awesome, man. You know, we, I mean, you've been kind of like a human highlight reel and it's been awesome to see kind of Hofstra, you know, a, a, a very historically, uh, you know, lacrosse culture rich program. Um, it's been nice to see, you know, the pride get some, get some airtime. I, I do, as you know, speaking of airtime, I'm a, I'm a big guy, I'm a big roster pick guy. And I just, I have to, I have to congratulate you on your top tier roster pick because just the mean mug, with the slight mustache, you know, dressed to the nines, the suit doesn't fit. It's not like a Suge, you know, the suit, the suit fits. It's not like, you know, the Suge Knight cut where, you know, you have to borrow somebody else's suit or something. It looks great. Um, take me back to, you know, before you got your roster pick, was that planned or were you just like, I'm all business all the time? Uh, so it was, everyone wears a suit, but it was mustache madness. And yeah. uh, I didn't want to shave mine. I wanted to keep supporting uh, Nick Hallory and the Headstrong Foundation. And a bunch of the guys were like, we can't have this in our roster pick. And I kind of kind of just kept it riding. You know I mean, why not? Fifth year, can't really say anything to me now. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got five years under your belt. What are these fucking kids going to say to you? No, nothing, right? Yeah, that is, uh, that is. you know, for those who don't know, uh, the Headstrong Foundation, Nick Hallory, and, you know, uh, that's such a great, um, it's such a great foundation that the mustache madness that they do every year is always a fun time. Uh, I, I don't know if you like, if you've seen over the years, but like a lot of people have gotten into it, especially in lacrosse community. They've got, there's, I've seen some just disgusting looking mustaches. Um, does anybody on your team grow like a, just a, like a, like an absolute caterpillar? Um, so there's nothing like that stands out to me. Like, very much but the kid timmy hegarty the farmdale kid he he got one going once and it was it was pretty intense um and then the defense usually does it in the fall where they they'll just grow out the random facial there and then the another kid is the kid dylan mcintosh he does the mutton chops for game days oh. it's pretty it's pretty crazy to see first time i saw it it was his freshman year and i wasn't ready for it <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah there there's a there's a whole culture of roster picks that that's been really taking off over the past few years uh you know the the boys in albany obviously got the ball rolling with that one um but like i i do think though with with your roster pick where like the stash is just subtle enough like it it says enough right there so you're not doing too much you're doing like just the right amount where you know if i'm a defender who has Hofstra on the schedule and I'm just, you know, clicking through the website a little bit, you know, trying to get a scouting report on these guys. And I come across that, like, I think that that's, that's one right there that kind of sends a little shiver down the spine of defenders. So you're kind of, you're kind of winning that mental advantage game before it even starts. Like if I was looking at some of the guys on Albany, I'd be like, okay, like that guy looks a little bit like a clown and we love those guys, but um, 
So I, I think that that's, that just kind of goes to show where you're at though, as a player where you are just so mature and evolved to where you can now have that roster bio that sends the shiver down defender spines before the game starts. So, you know, do you think that that's something that, you know, you've been working towards in your career, just having that maturity to know, Hey, this stash is going to rock. No, no, I can't, I can't take away any crowns from the Albany guys. Those guys have uh, the best roster picks in the game right now. And they always, come up with something new every year um the the mustache just again the the headstrong thing and it was early stages so it didn't look too bad yet which was a good thing for me but didn't want to get rid of it for uh just keep the the headstrong foundation um i want to take it back let's go back i guess five years now um why hofstra uh other than it being 20 minutes from your high school yeah Uh, (laughs) and 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 you know i'm leaving out the you know the the dad part all right i'm I'm leaving out the dad part i just you know it was there you know it's 20 minutes from your high school were you thinking like you know hey mom i can go home for lunch in between class like was it something like that or was it like you know yes this the storied uh lacrosse culture that hofstra brings you know their sick gear like you know (laughs) what 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 was it what was it about hofstra other than uh, other than your dad I'm a homebody. Uh, I don't like doing laundry, and I like. Okay, so I was right. (laughs) (laughs) So the the Sunday meals, Sunday dinners, you can't can't beat them, and I I can't I hate doing laundry, so it worked out perfectly. That that makes sense to me. And and then there obviously is the dad aspect of sure. it a little bit. So, yeah. um, you know, I, like, I, I feel like a lot of guys get a chance, you know, maybe their dad coaches them in, in like a youth club setting or, you know, middle school, high school. Um, but how has it been playing for your dad at this level? Like, I, I know for me personally, like, I remember, you know, it, it's like, it's like October, it's like a Sunday in October and you get a call from your coach and you're like, Oh shit. Like, what did I do wrong? Like, why is, why is this, why is my coach like calling me right now? Like, this is going to be terrible. I'm about to get reamed out. Um, you obviously have a different relationship with, with your coach in that aspect. So, um, you know, what has that been like on the field and off the field? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to start when I was younger and he coached me for my club team. I actually quit lacrosse for a while because of him. Uh, just wasn't having it. He was coaching me like a college player. And I think I was eight at the time and I wasn't, wasn't into the sport as much as I am now. Um, but the, on the, on and off the field stuff is good. We, uh, we have a good balance. You know I mean, once it's off the field, we kind of go back to, to dad's son, but on the field it, it's coach and a uh, player. So that's good. And then we just bust each other's balls a little bit. You know, I'll call him coach dad in front of the whole team and he'll get a little flustered or he'll start cursing and, it's just, it, it's a good balance back and forth. And then uh, after practice, we'll go play pool or, or ping pong in the locker room and, and just go at each other and compete a little bit. And then we'll be good after that. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you, I think you're lucky in that aspect because there's a lot of times where, you know, a, a dad will, uh, you know, be a little too hard on, I've seen it, you know, coaching club all over. I've seen kids quit. And just never pick up a stick again because their, you know, dad was, you know, very overbearing or what have you, even if the dad did play lacrosse. Right. So, you know, I think you've got it, you've got it good. And, uh, uh, has it been like, um, I mean, do you get any shit from your teammates about it? You know, are they, are they like, uh, you know, coach's son type deal or, you know, are you like, Hey, Hey, CAA all-time leading scorer, 
how about you suck my balls? Like, are, you, are you like that? Because I'd be, I'd, I'd, I might, I might flex that a little bit, right? Because it's not like that you're the coach's son and you're, and you, you're like, you suck ass and you're like getting pushed onto the field all the time. It's like, no, that guy produces. So do you no. get any shit from anybody? No, they, they kind of see it. Um, my dad pushes me a little bit harder. He's a little bit harder than, on me than, than most. And then uh, usually my excuse is like, you guys have only been with him for four years. I've been with him <laughs> for 23 at this point or 22 and a half. So I think I, I've got enough shit that I don't need to hear from you guys right now. That's fair. That's perfectly <laughs> fair. Yeah. And uh, like that, that's, I, I feel like that's definitely like the way that, uh, like most, most of the time it, it works out where the dad usually ends up being a little tougher on the kid. And then I, th- I think that, you know, I think what we're seeing is, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you would have been a pretty, pretty solid lacrosse player on your own, but obviously that little extra push uh, is the reason why you put up 144 goals so far in your career and 216 points. Um, Curtis Dixon, see you later. Have fun at number two. Um, now, with those records, by the way, that you set the other day, uh, where do you think that that puts you in terms of the the most? Uh, where where does that put you in terms of Hofstra lacrosse history? Because right now, I think the number one guy to come out of Hofstra, Peter Dante. Yeah, for sure. So right. so where, really where do you Dante? So. <laughs> So, so where, basically what I'm saying is where do you think having that career goals record puts you in relation to Peter Dante? Cause I mean, right now he's lapping the field in the amount of Adam Sandler movies that he's been in. So I, I don't think that you, you haven't been in one yet, right? No, not yet. Not yeah, yet. So, so you got, you got a long ways to go. So uh, how, how far until you catch him? Yeah, I think he's light years ahead of me, uh, both, both on the field and off the field. Um, uh, really close to him. He's a great guy, very supportive. Uh, and I wish I could be in a few Adam Sandler movies, but he kind of holds the crown there. Does uh, yeah, like no, how, how, in- it. how involved does he get? Like with the alum, like is is can you tell like he's like pretty clued in to what's happening with the program over the years, or like stops by every yeah. once in a while, see how the boys are doing? So he he has been at a few practices. Um, most of those practices, he's just throwing the ball at the back of the cage and or at people. Um, <laughs> but he he's very 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 supportive. He's hopped on Zooms. He's always always sending us stuff and and wearing the gear. And we send him the sticks, and he just cradles it around and starts singing on his his Instagram and stuff like that, like usual. So he he's great and uh, very thankful for him. I would want to know who would be a bigger nuisance at practice, either Peter Dante at a Hofstra practice or handsome Dan at Yale. <laughs> um, I, I both, want to both, say from, from the sounds of it, both sound to do the exact same thing. Just, yeah, but I, I think Peter might take the crown there. Uh, he's, he's got a little, little edge to him that, that nobody else has. So it's, it's pretty fun to watch him when he's just walking around the field. He's really like the energizer bunny, man. Like he just, he just doesn't quit. Um, so I, I think we've asked, I mean, we, we got the opinion from Jake Fopp and Drake Porter last week, but the sleeveless jerseys, yay or nay? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about them. Um, obviously we, we've been winning in them. Um, Fair. I, I could be, I, I'm more of a sleeve sleeve guy. Like okay. I, I like the sleeves better. They're just like they're a little wide, so they feel a little weird on your shoulders. But uh, it, whatever gets the job done right now. So, 
if, if we're if we're talking gear, I the the helmets you guys have been working with this year are are super clean. Um, the stallion has or no, the not the stallion. That that's uh, that we're, we're a few years dated after the stallion. My God, but, what year are you in right now? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, st- stallion is such a sweet word. Like I'll, I'll use stallion like at least like four or five times a day when I'm like talking about a guy who's like a stallion that guy's a a fucking stallion yeah (laughs) that dude's a total stallion so like i like that word a lot better than rival um but the rival you guys are working with uh, this year with the with the arced hofstra and then the numbers underneath i think that that looks that looks real like hofstra's always been one of those teams where you guys have had some of the cleaner uniform setups and and uh, the the old adage look good feel good play good it's a cliche for a reason um so you know you throw that bucket on I, that that might also give you a little bit of a boost like maybe curtis dixon kind of looked a little like trash when he was playing at delaware that's why he only put up you know 2000 or 2212 <laughs> points uh you, you got the edge in there yeah those those, those white helmets they're, they're pretty clean and then uh those those we had all white jerseys like white on white a couple years ago and those were those were nice too but yeah we uh john gorman does a great job our, our assistant coach he kind of sends us and keeps us looking really nice, sends us all the gear. So that's awesome. Um, you know, looking ahead, uh, do you have any plans for, I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to give us the, please don't give us the coach's answer. Um, <laughs> you know, we're just taking it one day at a time. It's going to drive me nuts. Don't do it. Uh, but I know if you have to, you have to, but like, well, you know, looking forward, I saw in your Instagram bio, like you, you, you want to get into real estate. I love that. You know, you got big plans for the future is the PLL uh is that involved in in any of your plans maybe yeah so i i've i've been in talks with a, with a few people trying to they're trying to steer me that way um to try to push the pile in with lacrosse and and play that box league and and play play PLL i'm not sure yet i uh i haven't really fully committed to to either or uh i didn't want to not allow myself to progress in my career because i was holding on to a sport or vice versa i didn't want to like put my career ahead of of having fun so i'm trying to i'm kind of on the border uh like pros and cons list and then trying to figure that out huge well, if, pros if, and cons list guy yeah if if the if the pll continues to stick with that touring system that they're working with like you could just pick up your license in a whole bunch of different states and then you know on the weekends you, you'll you'll sell a house in salt lake city then you'll send sell a house in la then you know you could kind of make your mark all over and just you could go global with uh ryan tierney real estate <laughs> that would be pretty cool right there uh, we might have they, to, we might have to partner up with that one though because I would I would want to cut from that check. That's a good after, idea. After, after giving you that idea, sorry. So that one's legal binding. Um, we can't go back on that now. <laughs> well, I mean that's exciting, man. You know that that's that's exciting that you know it's at least on the on the table. And you're right. I think that that's something that you know a lot of people don't think about is you know you could spend you know, four or five years, maybe, you know, what I mean, we don't really know what the average lifespan of a, of a MLL or a PLL player is unless you're Paul Rabel, then it's a hundred years. Um, but you know, you, you spend four or five years, like really pushing it, you know, pushing your body and then you get out, you know, and you're like, okay, well now what, you know? So yeah. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet to be able to think, think of that. Um, you said you were thinking about playing you know, uh, like, a, a indoor, Do you, did you grow up playing indoor? I'm sure. So I, I played a little bit of indoor growing up. Um, I think that 
indoor lacrosse is more fun than, than field lacrosse. It's a little more, uh, more like hockey in the air. Um, I would definitely try to give that a go, uh, especially it's right here down the block at the Coliseum. So that would, that would be even cooler playing for the Riptide. Um, but the, the season was canceled for, for the next year. So we'll, yep. we'll see what happens with, uh, with the future going forward with that. You might need to take the train down and play for, play for Philly. That's where Jordy, <laughs> Jordy's big wings guy. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be there banging on the glass. Um, now you, you mentioned that, that you were talking to some people about potentially PLL or playing indoor. Um, I'd imagine one of those people that you might've been talking to were a, f- a former teammate, Josh Byrne. Uh, who, who you got a chance to play? Did you have one year with? Yeah, I had one with, year with Josh. Um, so you know, obviously, you know, only one out of your five years at Hofstra so far. But like, uh, you know, we we saw the summer that he had with the chaos. Uh, he had that one ridiculous jumping between the legs goal that should be the new logo. Um, <laughs> now the. Did, did you get to pick up anything from him while he was at Hofstra? Because I, you know, he had a, a monster senior season there uh, that, yeah. that you got to be a part of. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at without Josh. Uh, he taught me a, a, a lot, especially the work ethic thing. He, uh, every night, lights are on, shooting 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. He, uh, he really hammered in that, that extra work. He was always in the, in the cardio room on the treadmill. He, uh, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am without him. And I, it, I talk to him very, very frequently. And uh, I'm just happy that, that he's, he's allowed me to progress my game as well as how well he's doing in the PLL right now. You know, you speak on, you speak on work ethic, um, you know, the shooting every night, as you said, every night between 8 and 10. Yeah, he was lights were on every night for him. He, he would text my dad. He's like, I need the lights on, I need the lights on. And then he would, he would make kids go out with him. You know what I mean? He wouldn't, he wouldn't allow himself to yep. go out alone. And uh, his leadership qualities there—they kind of got pushed down to us, and, and I'm I'm thankful for it. That's that, that that's absolutely that crushes. First of all, to have somebody like that to be able to look up to, and then you model yourself after, and then you can kind of pass that on to other people. You know, um, kind of to change gears, but maybe in the same breath. Um, I grew up in the South. I'm from Atlanta, right? So we winter is not very long for us. Um, <laughs> I've always been curious, you know, do you have a ton of indoor facilities that you guys practice in? Because I can't imagine how fucking angry I would be if I had to shovel snow before practice. I think I, I, I think I'd be mad like just the whole time. Yes. It'd be a good workout, but I'd be fucking pissed. Like, so what is it like, like training in like the deep winter for you guys in in New York? Yeah. I mean, it sucks. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the cold, but Luckily, we have, have plows that plow our turf before even the roads here at Hofstra. There so you go. We don't have to do that. The, the, the snow plow. Okay. okay. Size, but it's, it's definitely definitely much tougher. We have an indoor bubble, but we don't use it as much as, as we should. We kind of try to embrace the cold, which, which sucks on practice days, but at game days, it helps out. Sure. That makes sense. I, I mean – we just, we don't have any of that down here. It's either you, you're, you're, you're outside. So no, I get it. That, that That's a, a, another perfect example for when the SEC finally goes NCAA D1. Like yep. those schools are just going to clean up. Like, could you imagine bringing a, a high school senior for a, for a official visit in like February and <laughs> they're, they're looking at a field that's not covered in 12 inches of snow. Yeah. If they yeah, it's uh, 68 if- degrees. If they get some some D one programs, I'm I'm sure that a lot of kids are gonna to transfer down there and and 
and give that that a shot over there. There's those schools are just unmatched compared to most of the the D1 schools in lacrosse. Um, actually, kind of, kind of like going off. What what is the vibe around the Hofstra campus with the like? Are are you guys where would you rank yourselves in terms of like where you stand on campus? Because if you know if these SEC schools if they were to get a an NCAA D1 lacrosse team you're competing with football, you're competing with basketball, uh, baseball's obviously sick down there. So like they'd be pretty low on the totem pole. Hofstra, not, not a ton of competition. Like, do you guys get a, a decent amount of fans when there's not a global pandemic going on? Uh, yeah, we, we don't do, we don't do terrible. Uh, obviously the, the winter hurts us because no one wants to sit in the metal stands that are freezing cold for two mm-hmm. hours. Um, but I'm sure that the SEC and those those schools down there they'll they'll fill up some stadiums pretty quickly if they become D1. Yeah, well, the thing is, it, like lacrosse is not like it's you know, the, for a lot of people, the difference is the down here is that they not as many people people know about lacrosse. You know, you have your your lacrosse players here and there. It's actually funny that there's a lot of guys. Um, we you know I've run it because I went to the University of Georgia. We, I ran into a bunch of guys who uh, got burnt out playing up in New York. Like these kids from like St. Anthony's, uh, you know, a couple Philly kids. And they're just like, yeah, we didn't want to fucking play anymore. We wanted to come down and party. I was like, is nobody listening? Like we could just have like a D1 program here. And then you could have all of these fucking kids who wanted to, who didn't want to play. Um, did you, you know, growing up in a, in a spot, you know, a hotbed, right. You know, did you see a lot of kids burn out? Yeah, uh, 100%, especially with, like, all the, the tournaments and the, the clinics nowadays that, like, every weekend you're doing something, maybe even three things a weekend. The kids nowadays, they're going to get burnt out at the end of high school. They're going to be done. Um, there's just so much going on, and there's so much competition that just keeps rising in lacrosse right now as, as the sport's growing. So some of these kids, they're, they're pushing to their limits in high school, and then by the time they get to college, they're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go have fun for once. And uh, then they go down to those big schools and they, they live it up a little bit. So what do you think is going to be going forward? How do you see that? How, how do you see uh, programs and clubs kind of changing their model to, you know, for retention rather than, you know, just throwing these kids in camps and, and you know, camp after camp, making sure they're, you know, exposure is the thing, you know, how do you see them, you know, changing that so they don't burn as many kids out? Yeah. Basically, what Jake's asking you to do here is save college across above the save the entire sport above the Mason Dixon line for when the SEC finally gets here. So this is a lot riding on your shoulders right yeah. now with this question. You're a <laughs> consultant, all right. All right. So this is that was that was a big question. That was a big. I did not save the that. kids. Save yeah. the kids. Yeah. Um, you, you can phone a friend if you want. <laughs> That was a big question. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think that the YouTube aspect and like the, the film aspect helps that because now coaches can see players rather than just only the ones in their tournament. Um, but still kids are, are pushing the limits and, and playing in multiple tournaments over the summer that uh, I think that they, they need to learn how to make those, those highlight films, even though I've never never made one, but like I, that that's going to help them because they're not going to have to be everywhere at once, wherever the college coaches are. No, that makes sense. You know, Deemer class has done a great job of, you know, first class and, you know, uh, getting kids, you know, 
uh, so they don't have to, you know, put their bodies on the line and just get the shit beat out of them all summer so they can be in front of some coaches. So yes, well, sorry, Jordy for the fucking intense question, but the man's, the man has plans. All right. He's a fifth, you know, he's a fifth year. He's already been through it. You know, he's, he's got his eyes on real estate. Like the man's got plans. I had to pick his brain a little bit, you know? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did. Cause we got a good answer out of it. It was a good one. <laughs> it, it just, it, my brain's not quite as, as developed as Ryan. So my brain was exploding <laughs> a little bit there as you were asking the question. I was like, Oh my God, how, how are we going to save it? Um, but I, I, you know, I do think, you know, a, a pretty easy way for kids to not get burnt out with the sport is when they're having fun by putting up uh, 23 goals in four games. Um, so, you know, basically if, if everyone can just start doing that, I think everyone will really enjoy playing lacrosse because it seems to be a, a lot of fun for you especially right now um now looking forward to the rest of the 2021 season like do, do you have any personal goals any team goals that you're looking forward to you know for for the rest of like you know i i can't imagine that uh you know you're, you're on this roll right now so i i it looks like it's not going to stop anytime soon. So do you have anything in mind that you're working towards or do you just want to go coach speak one game at a time? Uh, I do want to go one game at a time, but the, the CAA championship, that's been a goal, uh, especially bringing it home for, for my dad, which is, it's been a, a 13 years or, or 12 years since that's happened. So I, that's always been a goal and always will be. Um, and then if we can achieve that, then we're just one game at a time, especially after that into the playoffs and stuff. We'll see, you know, we got to keep it going and uh, make sure everyone's healthy at all times and, and keep pushing in the pile every day. Listen, p- people don't get to the CAA championship by not winning the next game every time. So the, yeah. the coaches speak is there for a reason. <laughs> listen, I just, I just don't want, I just don't want his dad to listen to this interview. And, and that's then, true. You know, so he always sends you a text, Jordy. What the Jordy? What the fuck? You're like you're banned from Hofstra lacrosse. Like you, all you would just get blocked on all the socials, and you just can't can't talk to Hofstra anymore. And I don't want to get blocked on the socials because the highlights that are coming out of Hempstead right now are are pretty nice. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that, Jake, do, do you have any more? Uh, do you have any more questions for him? Maybe no, maybe I don't have it. any. I don't have. I've already. You, I've already just crushed his mind. He's probably going to need a nap after this. Like, just he's mentally exhausted. You know, I'm asking him to save the future of lacrosse right here. So, uh, no, I, I don't have anything else unless Ryan wants to. You know, plug plug his social media or or, or what have you. Or you know, my my only final question, or and this is more of a request. Um, we would love to get Peter Dante on here. <laughs> and so, so that, that is, that is my, uh, my goal for Ryan Tierney in the 2021 college lacrosse season. I want you to win a CAA championship with Hofstra and I want you to get facilitate Peter Dante to come on to the crease dive. So I think if, if we can get both of those things to happen this year, you are leaving behind quite the, quite the legacy at Hofstra. <laughs> we'll have to see what we can do and, and talk to Peter. I'm sure he, he'd, he'd love to. All right. Well, Ryan, appreciate you uh, coming on and more so appreciate all the work that you've been doing so far this season. It's been, uh, it's been great to watch. Looking forward to seeing it keep going. Um, you know, it's been, been a, a, a little while since Hofstra has been, you know, kind of towards the, the top there in college across. And I think that it's, it, the sport's always a little bit better for it. So keep that thing rolling and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be, we'll be watching for sure. Cause you're, uh, definitely helping out our Instagram right now with, with the highlights. <laughs> we'll 
Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Thanks again to Ryan for hopping on. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to watch Hofstra take on UMass this weekend. As we mentioned before, that game has been postponed. Uh, so the rest of the schedule this weekend, it's it's a bit of a, a lighter uh, in, in terms of big games that, you know, I, I think we've gotten a little a little greedy over the past couple of weeks. So, you know, a light schedule as far as top 20 matchups go, uh, but one matchup that isn't necessarily top 20 right now, uh, but always one of the best rivalry games in the sport. We've got Hopkins and Maryland. This will be Saturday, 1 PM. This game is in college park. Uh, Jake, we, we, we talked a bunch about how, Maryland is an absolute wagoon this year. How are your mm-hmm. Blue Jays going to make a game out of this? Oh, um, I mean, you know what you're up against, right? Like, you know what you're up against. Your guys have got to come out ready to play. Like, Joey Epstein and Connor DeSimone have to. I mean, I don't know. I got to see, you got to see more out of Cole Williams and you got to see more out of Brett Baskin. Um, you know, Hopkins is as the way that I've watched them is they've made, um, they've made a good many turnovers and a good many, good many mistakes as the, you know, in the first two games and Maryland is so sharp that you literally cannot make a single mistake, one mistake, and they make you pay for it. So, you know, it, it could be an ugly win early, uh, or it could be one of those games where Maryland kind of, where, you know, the better team has to like play down to the other level. Um, you know, the other team's level, which, you know, it happens all the time. So um, you're right. It's kind of a, it's kind of a lighter schedule this week, but there are plenty of games, uh, which is nice. A uh, couple one, I mean, you got North Carolina at Mercer. We, you can see that the Mercer boys do some of the insane shit that they've continued to do. Um, every Mercer, goal they score is like Mercer, highlight. Yeah. You know, it's they, just, they might not win a lot of games, but they're definitely fun to watch. I am all in on the highlight factory, right? They're just, they are an absolute highlight factory. Um, they do have to deal with North Carolina though. So, you know, it's possible that, that the heels put up 26 or 28, uh, you know, cause they put up what 25 last week. Yeah. Uh, and, that's, and, that's tough. And they might lose like 25 to like seven, but the seven goals that Mercer score will are be sick. Yeah. Are, are sick. So are sick. I think that that's kind of like a good spot to be in if you're Mercer. I, sure. I think, you know, that, that can get you some recruits. Um, uh, another game that maybe a little under the radar at this point. So you'll, you'll probably have to choose between Maryland hop or this uh, Patriot league matchup between Lehigh and Loyola uh, Loyola little, little better than I think that we gave them credit for. Um, you know, they, they were able to squeak out a win against Richmond. They were able to put a, a nice little, beat down against Utah and their loss against Virginia really wasn't terrible. Um, so Loyola and Lehigh, I feel like that's always a real strong Patriot league matchup. Um, Lehigh, they are one and oh on the season, but I think, I think they played a dog shit team to start the year. Um, yeah, they, it, all right. So 24 to 10 over NJIT. I feel like that's been their first game. I feel like NJIT has yeah. been their first game of the season for like the past couple of years. Um, so not really much you can take from that, but you know, as, as mean, far as, but, but we talk all about big 10, we talk all about ACC. Um, you know, I, I think that the Patriot not 
quite as you know th- there have been some years where it's like the patriot league is right up there with the big 10 acc maybe not as much this year even with army beating syracuse um but this should be a good matchup especially if that maryland hopkins game starts to kind of roll away for the terps a little bit and you're like ah shit i don't, I don't need to watch this anymore you can flip on over to I guess, however, you would watch Lehigh Loyola. I honestly have no idea how to watch. I mean, a lot of these, and a lot. Listen, listen, if you're listening to this right now, Inside Inside Lacrosse uh, does a fantastic job of updating their 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 calendar page, and it usually has everybody's web stream. Right? It'll say live, you know, live box, webcast, whatever. They do a great job. That's where you need to live on game day, right? And then a lot of these, a lot of these schools have their own, like you know, the NEC will do you know, their own broadcast through the NEC website or whatever. So like there's tons of stuff like that. It's fantastic. Go check that out and don't bitch about it to us on Twitter or something because I, I, feel, like Lo- I feel like Loyola, I've, I've watched quite a few Loyola games that have just been on like Facebook live. That's awesome though. Kudos oh, to yeah. them. The, they're just, the they're, they're doing what they're working with. I, I just need to figure out how to get the uh, like the heart notifications to turn off yeah. because like I'll be it'll be like a fast break on the other way and I can't even see what's going on with the attack because hearts. the whole page is just filled <laughs> with hearts. Well, um, I mean, people are just you know pumped. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll probably be pulling for for Lehigh in that one, um, but I, I'd imagine that that'll be a pretty pretty tight game. Um, trying to think. Oh well, Ohio State, Penn State. That that'll be a big one, and we'll see who you know whose loss to Rutgers was worse. Ohio, like, oh, I mean, Ohio sure. State got cleaned out by Rutgers, and Penn yeah. State was able to make it you know pretty tight. So, uh, I mean, if we're going based off of common opponents, I would probably have to give Penn State the edge in that one, just based on score. Um, but I don't like two two teams that need to rebound pretty quickly. Uh, Penn That's State, true. they're, I mean, they're still in the top twenty, but they're zero and two. So uh, uh, I mean, that little one, recency one more, bias. Yeah, one, one more loss in the Big Ten, then that's pretty much doomsday for them. Um, so like this, pretty early in the season, first weekend in March, would probably consider it a must win. No, that's definitely a must win. If you're Penn State, that's a must win. Uh, Gerard Arseri. Um, however old he is, I feel like he's a million years old now. He's probably 34. Uh, he's got definitely got the advantage at the X. I don't think Ohio state really has their face-off situation all settled up. So that's probably an advantage for Penn state. Um, finding Mac O'Keefe, somebody has to distribute Mac O'Keefe the ball. Um, it doesn't seem like Mac is going out and getting it himself. So, uh, little, a little offensive, you know, things that, that Penn state has to get through. And then, I mean, Tarafenko, uh, you know, it didn't have the ball much in that, or he did in the in the last game, but um, just wasn't able to produce with it. Only had one assist. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say Penn State. I'm gonna say Penn State rebounds and takes one over Ohio State in a close one. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, just looking at the rest of the schedule. Um, I mean, the, the, the Sunday matchup 4 PM, uh, Duke and Richmond could, could be a good one. I mean, Duke is just, I mean, I mean, there's, there's not really much you can say they haven't stumbled yet. Um, Oh, actually that I will say one thing real quick. The biggest win from last week was actually Duke over air force for one reason yep. that 
it breaks the crease dive curse. So week one, we had, um, we had Jimmy Perkins on and unfortunately Robert Morris then lost their next game. Uh, yeah. The week after week after that, we had Drake Porter and Jake Fop on, and unfortunately, they lost their game that Saturday to Army. Uh, so last week when we had JT on, we we were a little bit nervous that, especially because Air Force upsetting Duke, not something out of the ordinary. Actually, something that's pretty pretty much routine at this point. I think they've done it three times in the past six years. Um, so Duke being able to break that curse over and get that win over air force was huge. They'll get the win over Richmond this weekend, but, um, I mean, that, that'll be a, a decent game. If you've got nothing else going on Sunday at 4 PM, um, and anything else really stick out on the schedule for you? I, I think that might be it. Um, Albany should be back, right? Yeah, Albany Hartford. Yep. Uh, Albany Hartford. I, I, I think from via Twitter, via his own Twitter, it sounds like Dehoga will be back after spending uh, game number one in COVID protocol. So, um, yeah, I mean that that offense they looked they looked pretty good. They they, they, they uh, looked pretty good last week. I mean, so. there's there's such a like a like a little like a freestyle, just do it however they want to type offense. It's so it, they're they're yeah, really fun to watch. It's it's like just the super super heightened um, summer ball, uh, but yeah, like like you said, a, a ton of games out there, just not necessarily ones that um, we want to talk about. And uh, I got to be honest, like I I can't tell you a single thing about a uh, Sacred Heart versus LIU. Like so, I wish we could. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I, we could. Um, but we love you know, lacrosse, but like not that much. Yeah, exactly. But go 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 to go to inside lacrosse for that. While while you're there looking for the webcasts, read up on what all those guys have to say because they know all these teams inside and out. Um, but yeah, should be uh should be a decent weekend. And while you're watching Lax, just make sure that we are keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out.